0: Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, we'll begin at verse 2. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and join me. Matthew chapter 11, beginning verse 2. Where Matthew writes, When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing he sent word by his disciples and said to him are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another Jesus answered them go and tell John what you hear and see the blind receive their sight the lame walk the lepers are cleansed the deaf hear The dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people... I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've always found this an interesting scripture. Actually, it's a little intriguing scripture. Because of all the people to ask this question of Jesus, it's a little surprising, isn't it, that it's John the Baptist? John the Baptist, who seems to clearly know who Jesus is, is now asking, um, you are the one, right? This is real, right? This is all true, isn't it? John's asking the question. He's in a pretty low place right now. He actually finds himself in prison. And prison in biblical times was not an easy place to be not that it's easy today but it was dark and difficult and and when we read about paul for example when he's in prison in acts he's not only behind bars deep into the cave and that's often used as prisons but but he's in shackles as well wonder what john was experiencing wonder what it was like for him wonder if he wonder if he was in shackles or just behind bars and it's hard enough to to be in prison when you feel like you did something that you're paying a price for and making amends for but imagine if you're in prison because you just spoke up you, you told what you believe to be the truth. John's wrestling. He's been in prison now for a while. We actually heard it in Matthew chapter 4, right after the baptism, Jesus hears that that John had been arrested. That's when he decided to move up into the area of Galilee to share his ministry. It's a challenging time, and John had to have an idea. It it probably won't be long, and, and they'll take me out. You see, there's a new Herod in the land. This is the son of the Herod that we read about in the initial part of Matthew when the wise men came asking, you know, where is the one to be born king of the Jews? And Herod says, hey, make sure you come and tell me where he is so I can worship him. It's the son of the Herod who had all the children age two and under destroyed, trying to make sure that the Messiah was eliminated. This is his kid. The new Herod, but this Herod is kind of an, living an interesting life. You see, if you flip over to Matthew chapter 14, you get kind of the rest of the story that, that this Herod had decided that he wanted his brother's wife for his own. And so he takes his brother's wife, her name is Herodias, and, and he takes her for himself. And, and the challenging thing is, is that John the Baptist then spoke up and said, Hey, you can't do that. I mean, you got to remember, John the Baptist is the son of a priest, right? He's a PK. Instead of a preacher's kid, he's the priest's kid. You remember the story in Luke, so I mean, that tells you that, that he grew up in the temple. He grew up hearing the scriptures. He grew up knowing the word. He grew up in the faith, and he's seeing what's happened, and he calls Herod out. You, 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 can't, you can't take her as your wife. I mean, you can't do that. Well, what do you do to someone that's saying something you don't want to hear? Throw them in prison. Actually, when you read John 14, it says that um, John really wanted, or Herod really wanted to have John killed. He wanted to take him out. The problem was, by this point, John is revered as a man from God. John is seen as a prophet. John is seen as one who, you know, is from God, proclaims God. And Herod was a little afraid of the political consequences if he takes him out. He's afraid that 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 might result in a riot. And and then he's concerned that that might result in Rome getting more interested and and upset about it. And, uh, just throw him in prison. According to Josephus, who was one of the early Jewish scholars, the, the, the jail or the palace where the prison was located, the castle, was in Perea, which is just to the east of the Dead Sea, which means he's in a palace prison out in the desert. Yeah. <sighs> No wonder he was at a low spot, no wonder he was struggling, and he knows it won't be long, Herod wants to get rid of me, Herodias, obviously, the brother's wife, hates me, they'll find a reason sometime to take me out. You are the one, right? You are the one, right? we find out that they do eventually come up with a reason to get rid of john the baptist you see herod has a birthday party the party seems to get a little bit out of hand have you ever been to a party that got a little bit out of hand maybe i should be asking that question on super bowl sunday when you're getting ready to go to a party but the party got just a little bit out of hand and and as a result that Herodias' daughter, now you've got to follow this, which would be Herod's niece slash stepdaughter, dances for him. And it must have been one more dance. There's a lot of theories about the dance, but whatever happened at the end of it, Herod's going, you can have whatever you want. And Herodias, her mother, gets with her and they connive together and go, this is our chance. He just made a commitment. Here's what we want. John the Baptist's head on a platter. So the daughter goes up and says, here's what I want. I want John the Baptist killed. I want his head on a platter. And Herod is frustrated. He's scared about it, but he had already given his word in front of everyone, so he had no choice but to carry it out, and so John the Baptist is killed. He must have seen something coming. I just need to know, you you are the one, aren't you? It's an interesting question that it comes from John, because John grew up hearing the stories about Jesus. You have to remember that that John and Jesus are cousins. Remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when when we were looking at at the stories and the, the baptism of Jesus that remember when Mary was pregnant with Jesus and Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, that that mary came over to visit her relative elizabeth and when she shows up the baby inside the womb of elizabeth john the baptist leaps inside the womb because jesus was present don't you imagine mama told john that story surely he knew that story but remember his daddy was a priest so don't you know That they told him, here's what the angel said to us. Here's what the angel said to your cousin Mary and and, and with the baby Jesus. And and don't you know that that they shared this is what the prophets had said was going to happen. And God is doing an amazing thing through you and with you. Don't you know that mom and daddy told little John the stories? I mean, they must have because remember the baptism in Matthew Chapter 3, when Jesus comes up to be baptized by John, John's going, Whoa, 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 uh uh, no, 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 no. You should be baptizing me. And they have that debate back and forth. Why? Because, well, John the Baptist had been sharing, there's one coming after me that's mightier than I am. I'm not even worthy to untie the thong on his sandals. You need to baptize me. I mean, John was there when the heavens opened at the baptism of Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. And, and John was there when the voice of God said to John and all the people around This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Are you the one, I mean, of all people to ask that question... And we know he knew he was the one because if you turn over to John chapter 1 verse 35 you know John tells us that after the baptism sometime later John the Baptist is standing there with a couple of his disciples his own disciples, followers, his own students and well they see Jesus coming and, and John sees Jesus coming and, and John the Baptist points and says look here is the Lamb of God And the two disciples leave John the Baptist and start following Jesus. And one of them was Andrew, who is Simon's brother. And Simon, you might remember, becomes Peter. Remember the story? John clearly knew who he was. But I guess there are times in our lives, and in John's life, even John's life, when you're up against the wall, you find yourself in a dark prison, and life seems hopeless, that you just want to hear it once again. You are the one, right? This is real, isn't it? And I love love Jesus' answer, but I hate Jesus' answer to some degree. I mean, don't you love it when you ask somebody a yes or no question and you get a parable? (laughs) Are you the one? It's yes or no. Go back and tell him what you see. The blind can see, the deaf can hear, the lame can walk, the dead are raised, the lepers are cleansed, good news to the poor. So do we tell him yes? I mean, it's an interesting thing that is being asked here. I mean, it's a challenge. I wonder why Jesus didn't say just yes. But I guess the truth of the matter is, if you were a false messiah, and, of course, there have been all kinds of records of false messiahs, people claiming to be the messiah. I mean, if somebody's lying to you and you ask them, are you lying to me, they're going to lie to you. Right? So if you're asking a false messiah, are you the messiah, they're going to go... Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wonder if Jesus had just said yes, and John's disciples go back and go, we asked him and he said yes, would that really have satisfied it? Or, or did they need more? I think maybe Jesus knew actions speak louder than words. You know, that thing that we've often said. And so rather than simply just saying, well, yes, of course. He goes, look at the evidence. Just look around you. You know what the prophets have said. You know what's supposed to happen with the coming of the Messiah. So look around you. The blind can see. The deaf can hear. The lame can walk. The lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. Good news being offered to the poor. So in short, yes. But sometimes we need... We need the evidence i love this story i wrestled with it for a long time over the years but i actually love the story because of all the people who should know who jesus is without any doubt it would have been john the baptist and if john wrestled with his faith then that makes it okay that i sometimes wrestle with mine because if anybody should know exactly who Jesus is without ever having any doubt, you'd think it'd be a preacher who kind of grew up in the church, grew up in Sunday school with parents who taught Sunday school, and was in the children's program, the youth program, went to seminary, did all the stuff. But have you ever had one of those days where you're, you just kind of wrestle with your faith for a little bit? I mean if you were to, to graph my my faith story, I mean fortunately it is on the uphill climb. I mean, I'm growing in my faith every day, but it is not just a perfectly straight line. It's a line that it's going up and then there'll be a and then there'll go up and there might be a and then it'll go I mean, I I think if we're honest. Don't you wrestle? Is it just me and John? Do you ever wrestle with your faith and go this is this is real isn't it this is my first sermon in this church in my 13th year of ministry here but i will tell you over the last 12 years over the last 12 years i had some done the baptist days and y'all might be going, I remember that sermon. <laughs> you just weren't quite there. I mean, I, I think we all wrestle. And St. John of the Cross called it some time back. It was the dark night of the soul. Where we all know, but sometimes we just need to hear it again. This, it is real, right? I mean, I've dedicated my life to serving you. It was, it was for a reason, right? Because sometimes when, when life is happening, we hit our knees and we, we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray. But the answer that we're getting is not exactly the answer we're looking for. And sometimes what we're getting seems not even to be an answer. And there are times that we go, this, this, is, this is real, right? You, you really are there, right? One of my favorite people in the world was Mother Teresa. As you know, I, I, I love reading about her. And just, I mean, she's just an incredible person that, you know, you, you think I can never measure up to that. I mean, even though she might've been a, a petite little small person, there's no way you can measure up to it. I mean, she set a standard that was absolutely incredible. Her love for God was amazing. She was willing to leave everything uh, and, and to follow Christ and to give her life to Christ and, and to serve him and to serve the poorest of the poor in Calcutta. And, and, and rather than doing what the church first said is like, well, why don't you go in and do some ministry and then come back out? and then you know and live here with you know in in the church and then you know go back in and do your ministry but come back out and live in the safety of the church and and she goes i can't do that if i'm going to minister to these people i need to live with them they say, but it's a hard life it's a dangerous life that there's illness in that world that's was her commitment i mean wow what a sacrificial life this lady lived and yet and you read her letters She wrestled with her faith. There were times she had some John the Baptist questions, and it's amazing for me to read those. There's a book called Come Be My Light," Mother Teresa, And, and, and what's interesting about it is a collection of her letters that she never wanted published. As a matter of fact, she wanted them burned upon her death, but when the church read them, the Vatican read them, they decided, you know what? She's got some things to say to all of us because this is so real and authentic, and and, and she wrote these letters sharing her pain. One of our associates, Meredith, she, she loves to have books on Audible. So when she's driving, she's listening to a book. And, and we kind of swap books, you know, like, hey, this is a good one or that's a good one. And she decided that she would get this one on Audible. She doesn't recommend that. Because she said, it's such a journey. You're driving down the road. And it's like, oh. Oh, you know, she goes, by the time you get where you're going, you're depressed. Because Mother Teresa wrestled at times. She even said it in, in a letter to one of her advisors. She said, I spoke as if the very heart, if my very heart was in love with God. Tender, personal love. That was the message she gave. She goes, but if you were there, you would have said, what hypocrisy. Was her friend you you're wrestling in here she said in another time when she wrote a priest in September of 79 she said Jesus has a very special love for you but as for me the silence and the emptiness is so great that I look and do not see listen and do not hear Wow, that was Mother Teresa she had some moments of, this is real, isn't it? You are really the one, right? John the Baptist is asking the question because he's, he's in a low place in his life. And that's when we have to grab hold of our faith, but that's sometimes when we have to hear our faith confirmed once again. And, and so Jesus says to him, But just look around, John. Look around. Look at the evidence of my existence. Look at the evidence of who I am. The blind can see. The deaf can hear. The lame can walk. The dead have been raised. Levers have been cleansed. And good news is offered to the poor. Just, just look around. You know what's interesting? John the Baptist died before hearing the rest of the story. We have more evidence than John the Baptist had. You see, John didn't witness that God so loved the world that he allowed his only begotten son to die on a cross. He didn't didn't live to see that. You have more evidence. You know that God so loved that Jesus was crucified on a heinous cross so that you and I can be forgiven for our sins. And John didn't hear the story of the resurrection. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead, offering everlasting life to all who believe. He, he didn't hear the evidence that you now have, the story that you now have, the faith that you now have. It's no wonder then, when Peter was called before the council in Acts, and he's challenged about his faith, and he's challenged about this God, and he's being told, you need to stop preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. We already tried to silence him, and if we have to, we'll silence you. And, and Peter just stands boldly and proclaims, but you've got to understand and shares the good news of Jesus Christ, the life of Christ the death for our, the forgiveness of our sins the resurrection the offering us everlasting life and it's no wonder then in acts chapter 4 verse 12 that, that Peter boldly stands up and then says you see there is salvation in no one else for there's no other name under heaven given among people by which we must be saved in short yep this is the one this is the one and when we come to this table and the body of Christ is placed in our hands and we dip the bread into the cup and receive the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ it's the answer to John's question Clearly, this is the one. Amen.